Welcome in to the 48 Minutes Podcast on Belief, presented by Bet Online. I'm Ross Geiger, joined alongside Bruce Bernstein of Pure Hoops Media and World B, Michael Freer. We wanted to come back with you guys after the huge Giannis podcast that we had that's gaining a lot of attention. We want to talk about that. But first, football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering needs. Get all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game, odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And here we go, Bruce. We're back here after a big-time interview with Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's created such a whirlwind that I thought we should might talk about it a little bit deeper here today. But, uh, you know, how, how have the last 48 hours been for you? Well, first of all, all credit goes to you, Ross, for bringing your buddy Giannis into the 48 Minutes family. Uh, It has set off kind of almost like an avalanche of attention. Uh, You know, I turn on my TV this afternoon. It's when we're taping this on Wednesday evening. I turn on my TV and there's NBA Today showing our mugs and Giannis on there. And I thought when I saw that and they're name checking us on the air, it's like, you know, this thing has taken a turn for the better in a big, big way. And we thank uh, my friends at ESPN uh, for, for, you know, using some of the material, but really, I mean, what, what it, what it meant was Giannis made news on this show. He made news in several areas. The number one being the whole, you know, you've seemed very comfortable in Milwaukee, Giannis. Do you see yourself finishing your career there? And the answer that he got, he, he provided uh, has set off like, alarm bells ringing all over NBA nation. Yep. And will be, I've seen you've been pretty active on Twitter and uh, doing a great job responding to all the fans that are showing us some love on the 48 minutes podcast. Um, What are your thoughts on uh, just the last couple of days? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, you know, it's uh, probably somewhat unexpected and that's probably naive on, on my part, given the level of guests that we had for the, you know, we're talking about one of the three best players in the league and to have him come on the show. And we talked about it before. Give, not just give answers, be really passionate about his answers and really th- thorough and thoughtful with his responses and leaving no, you know, no real mystery behind some of his uh, answers. And it's been, you know, it was a really fun interview. He was, he's a super cool guy. And yeah, I, in a lot of people in Milwaukee are, uh, I, I don't know pins and needles are is the right phrase now because we're still this whole topic is still years away um, from really being a serious issue. But, you know, there, there's probably some nerves going on in Milwaukee fans. Well, look, you know, Milwaukee has always been one of the smaller markets in the entire NBA. And for them to have an international superstar like Giannis, uh, you know, this is a source of civic pride for the people in that city, not only the fans of the team, but I think to have a man like Giannis, the, a man of such character and a man who, who's just, you know, 
He's one of those one-name people. You can just say the name Giannis in like pretty much every country where they follow sports, and they know exactly who you're talking about. You don't even have to say his last name. So for the people in Milwaukee to be concerned that Giannis is kind of holding management's feet to the fire and saying, look, I'm on board, you know, as long as you guys are down with the cause along with me. But if I realize or I see that that's no longer the case, you know, I have options. And there's, you know... And he made that perfectly clear and not in a angry, threatening way, in a matter of fact way, because I think basically, and Ross, you can probably speak to this. I think he really wants to stay there. He just wants the team to be competitive to the point where they can, you know, tell new stories besides coming back in the 2021 finals, as he said. Yeah, I absolutely think he wants to be there. And I think uh, there's no further proof than that. than he show, show, showed up to our podcast with, Bucks uh, t-shirt and shorts on, which he both showed us on the show. Um, you know, Milwaukee's all he knows. I mean, this is the first place that he's lived in America um, from, since coming over from Greece. And uh, his family's very comfortable. He's got a nice, beautiful house um, in the surrounding area. He built a home gym um, and, uh, you know, his family settled there. So I don't think it's uh, uh, something to be alarmed about right now. But I think uh, he was just making this point that, of course, you know, he's a winner and he wants to continue to win. And uh, he certainly hopes to do that in Milwaukee. Um, and I, I think they definitely will uh, have the opportunity to do that with the the, the roster as currently constructed. But go ahead, Wilby. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, certainly not speaking for Giannis or anybody for that matter. Um, I think if you look at where the Bucks situation currently is, you know, they've they're going to enter the league, into the season, excuse me, with the third highest payroll in the league, which is pretty, as you know, for a mid market franchise, that's, that's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. And his roster, yeah, you know, we talked about it. He loves uh, Drew Holiday. He talk, called him his favorite teammate ever. And, you know, he obviously he loves playing with uh, Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we're talking a few years down the road. And right now, Drew's 33, Brooke is 35. Chris Middleton is 32. You know, part of that, I'm sure, factors into, you know, Giannis is going to be 30, or he won't be, you know, he'll only be 30 by the time his player option comes up in a couple of years. And I'm sure he sees that roster and is like, okay, we can, we have a shot this year. Maybe we have a shot next year. What about after that? Absolutely. And uh, another thing that's really kind of taken some buzz on the media that, uh, um, I guess we could have saw come in was the fact that Giannis had some comments about Noah Lyles and backing him uh, with the entire world championship debate. And of course, uh, Giannis kind of dug deeper into that and even brought up FIBA and the, the recent world championship games where Germany won and Giannis said they should be considered the world champion. Uh, will be, you asked the question on that. So um be curious to get your thoughts on uh, what Giannis had to say. And do you agree with him? Uh, well, I, I think I said a couple episodes ago before Giannis came on, I did a uh, a little rant, if you will, about how this topic gained such uh, attention. And really, to me, it hadn't – I didn't appreciate it. I didn't – you know, I thought it was just a summer – one of those summertime debate things that we go through – uh, you know, something that wouldn't be a big deal in December when the season's going on in August becomes a big deal. And to hear Giannis talk about it and hear the reaction of others, but to hear Giannis up front talk about it, how passionate he was about supporting Noah Lyles' comments and agreeing with him uh, 
really was it was I found it very interesting. Uh, I'm not going to say that it matters more to me than it did before because I'm not a player. I didn't. I I said it before. I look at Michael Jordan. You know, if people want to look at him as being the greatest of all time, they're not talking about his six world championships. They're talking about his six NBA titles, and that's enough for me. And you could say with Kareem or Magic, whoever. So, but it matters obviously to Giannis. It matters to international players, and that's something that should not be dismissed when talking about this world championship debate. With should NBA players be referred to as that? It's uh, it's a fair conversation to have. I. Maybe I uh, am taking it a little more seriously than I did before his interview. Well, you know, we're really kind of seeing a divide here between the 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 the, the uh, mindset of the American fan, you know, because we're the best at everything, right? Or at least so many of us think, versus the international fans who are saying, you know what, he's right. I mean, look, the fact that he used the word, you know. Kind of, I think he used the word arrogant when he was talking about how, uh, you know, the American point of view when it comes to this. Uh, and I think there's some truth in that for sure. I mean, look, he made it very clear that the NBA is the greatest league in the world. It has the greatest players in the world. He made no, you know, compromises when it came to that. But the point that he was making, along with what Noah Lyle said, is. You know, there's other leagues, too, that are the greatest leagues in the world that don't call themselves world champion. I think he singled out the UEFA uh, Soccer League. You know, that's he said the UEFA Soccer League doesn't call themselves the world champions. Uh, they call themselves the UEFA champions. And yeah. I think that that was a that I mean, he thought he made a really good point there where he was basically saying, look, there are other leagues that could say that about themselves, but they don't because they sort of see themselves as part of the world as opposed to the king of the world. Yeah, well said there, Bruce. And I think with Giannis and knowing him as well as I do, um, you know, he never says anything without deep thought beforehand. And he certainly has thought about this one before and uh, provided some fantastic examples, as you just alluded to there. So um, I, I tend to agree with him. I, I was kind of on the fence as World B uh, brought it up a few uh, episodes ago. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think I agree, actually, with the NBA guys, the American guys that had spoke out on it. But once I heard an international player speak about it and, and go as deep as he did explain it to us, I think I'm sold. I think Giannis sold me on the idea that, uh, yeah, it, it technically isn't the world champion. And I'll say uh, this. I'll say, I'm sorry. I'll say this. No, you're too. Fine. Bruce, Bruce was, I think, exactly correct. And Giannis referenced it. I think this was as much a shot at the arrogance of the American fan, how they view the rest of the world as it was about taking a national issue. I think there, there's something to be said for that. I agree with Bruce on that one. And now, the ball's in the, you know, no pun intended, in the U.S.'s court. You got the Olympics coming up in two years. What are you going? If you're so offended by this, let's go go out and win the Olympics and see what. Then you can strut up and down the court and call yourselves. You know, if they're that offended by it, there you go. There's your opportunity. Yep. And uh, Bruce, you obviously made the very relevant comparison uh, between the games of Hakeem Olajuwon and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, I, I, that's gotten a lot of buzz. Of course, we learned, uh, as our listeners did, that uh, Giannis plans on going to Houston to work out with Hakeem prior to the start of the season. And Hakeem will only be the third player, former player that he's, I should say legend, that he's ever worked with. Kobe Bryant, 
Kevin Garnett, and now Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, you talk about a trio of uh, of wealth and knowledge there as far as basketball talent is concerned. I don't know if it gets much better than that, but what was your takeaways from how he responded uh, to your comparison? I've felt for a number of years now that um, while Hakeem and Giannis have certainly different aspects to their game, certainly at the offensive end, you know, Giannis is not the low post guy, but I'm just thinking in terms of the total package of the man, the player, the teammate, everything. I've always felt that, that, that Giannis was sort of like Hakeem 2.0. And when we had Miran Fader on a couple months ago, she wrote the book where you collaborated big time on the Giannis book. And yep. she is now writing a book about Hakeem Olajuwon. And she had some really great things to say about the comparison when we had her on. To me, um, you know, there's just so many parallels between them. Again, a couple people took a little, you know, nicked me up a little bit on my YouTube channel with some comments like, you know, their games are nothing alike and blah, blah. And it's like, I will agree that there are some differences, but I would also say there's a lot more similarities between who these two individuals are as players. And the fact that, you know, he broke more news. He, he told us that he was planning to go work out with Akeem. So for those of you haters on YouTube that were beating me up <laughs> after he works with Akeem, we'll see if there's a little bit more similarities between their two games. <laughs> I would guess the answer will be yes. I'll yeah. tell you this too, talking about, you talking about social media reaction, uh, as much as I mentioned before how his comments about Milwaukee and his future uh, kind of made some people in, in Milwaukee fans, Milwaukee Bucks fans, maybe a little nervous, this absolutely got them excited. The idea of Giannis going down and somehow developing some of the moves that Hakeem uh, you know, used back in his day was uh, really got everybody excited if you're a Bucks fan. And on social media, they, they can't wait to see – the end result of this training. Absolutely. And uh, I, I, I would like to add to Bruce there as far as the comments are concerned. I mean, I love all comments. I don't know how you are, Bruce, but keep them coming. Obviously, if you got some, some critiques of us, you're obviously listening. So we'd certainly appreciate it. I know that we've gotten a ton of new listeners. And uh, when we come back from the break, I know we're going to dig a little deeper about what the 48 Minutes podcast is all about how we want to serve you guys and, and, and things like that. So we've reached the halftime buzzer and we're going to come back with you for the second half. And we're back with the start of the second half. And uh, Bruce, I know one of the biggest parts of uh, this Giannis episode is of course um, what we've noticed as far as the worldwide uh, listeners uh, care to tell us a little bit more about kind of the growth we've seen across the globe? Well, I like to look at the analytics from the Believe folks. You know, they have a page where we can kind of track our audience and how many downloads and who's listening and what countries and et cetera, et cetera. And prior to the Giannis show, we were already sort of semi-popular around the world. We had listeners from 31 different countries uh, for our first, you know, our, our previous shows. But since the Giannis show dropped, we've gone from 31 countries 81 countries and counting because in the time that we're taping this show, there might even be more, but, but here's the thing. The United States is still number one, sorry, international folks, but Greece has moved up to the number two spot. It had previously been France. So Greece has now passed France and Nigeria has cracked the top 10 as they come in at number nine. So 
We got 81 countries, which is almost half of the countries on this globe. I think there's about 190 recognized countries on the planet. So 81 of them, uh, people in those countries have listened to 48 Minutes. We thank you. We appreciate you. We can't do it in everybody's language, but, you know, hopefully y'all understand English. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great to see. And I, I've told you guys off the air, one of my proudest moments of this epic podcast, getting Giannis on for his first ever episode and podcast premiere is the fact that whenever I get the chance to share him with the world, um, that that's the most important thing to me. You know, it's not the views. It's not, you know, being on a podcast with him. Uh, of course, I'd lo I love doing it with him. I mean, we had a lot of fun. Never had a bad time talking with Giannis, that's for sure. Um, but honestly, I mean, he's such a special guy. Whenever I get a chance to share my friend with the world, which we are now doing based on the uh, the stats that we have, it's been incredible. And we want to I want to thank uh, all our worldwide listeners for uh, tuning in and hopefully hitting that subscribe button and stay in tune for what we have in store next week as we're going to have on the NBA's reigning coach of the year, Mike Brown of the Sacramento Kings. That should be interesting. Uh, World B, I'll start with you on Mike Brown. I mean, how much are you looking forward to picking his brain about what he has in store for next season? Absolutely. Uh, they were one of the teams, one of the big stories, uh, certainly probably the biggest surprise of this uh, past season with uh, where the Kings had been and what Coach Brown took them to in one year. Took the Warriors to seven games. They had them on their home court. They just, you know, couldn't get it done against a veteran group like the Warriors, but they're exciting to watch. They have a great talent. They have, you know, it's funny, but when they made the trade for Halliburton and uh, Sabonis a couple years ago, everybody thought, and this is obviously pre-Mike Brown, but everybody, the consensus was the Kings were just throwing it in because Halliburton was a young player on the rise, all-star came, and they're just trading him away. And look how it turned out for the Kings. It took you know it took that rest of the year, and this past season was a tremendous one. I'm going to be interested. I want to ask Coach Brown, anybody on that roster really caught him by surprise as the season went on that he wasn't expecting to be the player that he turned out to be? Because obviously, as an assistant, he's a scout. He watches these guys, but now up close every day with this group, and they're you know they're such a they were a refreshing change for the league the way they played. And Bruce knows, and you know, Ross, you get Sacramento a team to get behind, and that's a really fun place to watch a game, really fun place to view, you know, watch a home game on TV, watch that crowd get into it. It's really a fun environment. Well, you know, Mike, uh, Mike and I have been friends for more than 10 years. Uh, after he left uh, the job in Cleveland, he came to work at ESPN as an analyst. And, you know, we worked together for a while. We became you know, pals. We still stay in touch. Last year when he got the Sacramento job, I sent him a text and, you know, congratulating him, whatever. He said, hey, thanks. I said, I have no doubt that you're going to have this team in the playoffs sooner rather than later. So I'm going to tell him when he comes on the show, first of all, thank you for making me look good. That is not an easy thing to do, but you did it. So thank you. And just this guy is like a winner because of everywhere he's been, winning kind of follows. He was on Greg Popovich's staff early on in his career. Actually, he started out as a video co coordinator, as you did, Ross, with yep. Bernie Bickerstaff in Washington. And then Greg Popovich hired him as an assistant in San Antonio. I want to ask him when he comes on, hey, what answer do you think you gave Pop when he interviewed you that caused him to hire you? Because I would love to hear what he thinks about that. Because we know Pop is... 
you know, Pop's a tough grader. So Mike Brown, you know, passed his test. So he does that. He he becomes the head coach for LeBron in Cleveland, takes that team to the finals, uh, becomes the Lakers head coach, coaches Kobe and Steve Nash and Dwight Howard in L.A., and then comes back and, you know, comes back to Cleveland, didn't really last that long. And then he goes to Golden State as Steve Kerr's top assistant and wins more chips there. So Mike Brown is just a winner with a capital W, and it is going to be such a treat to hear what he has to say next week. Yeah, I'm certainly looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I always like to have a little fun with these guys, as I did at the end of the show with Giannis, uh, making a joke about the latter. I seriously want to know about the viral moment in training camp last year when Mike Brown said, let's turn on the Jets. And there's a clip of him sprinting down the court. He had stopped practice and we need to start turning up the Jets because I think that really summarized last season for this team. I mean, World B, you can probably give us the numbers on this if you remember. But I mean, I don't know if anyone played faster than the Sacramento Kings behind the, the play of uh, DeAndre, uh, De'Aaron Fox. And of course, they had Malik Monk. Those guys got out and ran, shot the ball well, quick passing with Sabonis kind of operating around the elbow area. He really got that team playing high-octane basketball, and that seemed to really pay off. And uh, it's kind of funny how a viral moment online actually translated to kind of the theme of the season. Roby, do you have anything to add there as far as their pace from what you remember? Uh, well, from their pace, they were they were in the upper half of the league. They weren't, um, they weren't at the elite level. They weren't at the top. Um, and, but you know what they did their their shooting was, was tremendous. They shot the ball, uh, only another shot better in effective field goal percentage. And, you know, they had their offense was the way we're used to seeing it from them. They were the number one, most efficient offense in the league last season, uh, which we were actually really surprised. Coach Brown's a noted defensive guy. That's how we interpreted <laughs> That's why it was assumed why he was brought into Sacramento because their defense for years has been abysmal. There's just no other way to put it. It's been bad. And they, and that's another thing they have to work on. Coach Brown, I'm sure, will uh, I'll bring that up or whatever. But yeah, their defense still needs improvement. But their offense was really something last year, and it, it was just a little bit of a surprise given uh, the coach that was running the show. You know, you're the analytics guy, World B., but here's a very simple number to describe what they did last year. They led the league in points scored per game. You can take all your analytics and do whatever you want with that, but they scored more points than any team in the NBA last year. And I don't believe it was super close. You know, a lot of times team leaders are separated by like, you know, tenths of a point, stuff like that. I'm pretty sure that they were at least a point better than the next best team. Although don't hold me to that folks. I have, I haven't checked that in a while, but I seem to remember that being the case. Well, what I definitely do remember that certainly helped that uh, point total is their first national TV broadcast on TNT that they've had in, I don't know, I think it was a handful of years. Went to like double or triple overtime. It was either, it was definitely at least multiple overtimes. I think they ended up scoring 186 points uh, to win the game. It was an incredibly fun game. Um, and, uh, Hopefully we can ask him about that too. But uh, one of the fun things we like to do here on the show as well, uh, for those of you who might be new, is we love feedback. We love questions. So if any of you listeners out there have questions, reach out to us. We'll try to pick a few to ask Coach Brown or some of our other future guests. And uh, 
go from there. But we 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 like to make this a very uh, big community to where we can also uh, ask some of your questions. And a lot of you have some fantastic questions and ideas. So whenever you have any feedback for us, let us know. Right, Bruce? Well, yeah. And, you know, look, my Twitter handle is at Pure Hoops Bruce. So I guess you could DM me. I don't know if you have to follow me, whatever. But uh, I think sometimes you can just, you know, even just post it like to me and we'll, yep. we'll you know, keep track of that stuff. And again, we love we love the thought of making this an inclusive opportunity for those of you who are hoop heads like we are, because we think we know things pretty well. But you know what? We don't know everything. And some of the best questions that we've had discussions about amongst ourselves were questions that came from listeners. So please be aggressive with us. You can even beat us up a little bit if you want. We, we, we got thick skin. We can take it. Uh, and we're not we're not going to avoid, you know, confrontation. Uh, we'll do it in a nice way, though. And World B, how can our listeners find you? Uh, my Twitter handle and Instagram handle and everything else, TikTok or whatever, is uh, at World B Freer. Shout out to Lloyd World B Free. That's always a <laughs> uh, uh, tribute to him. Uh, Mark Spears uh, like that when we had Mark. Yeah, well, that 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 came from ESPN. That came from a producer named Jeff uh, Eric Smith. Uh, my old NBA Tonight days gave me that one time in a pre-show meeting. So it's always ha- has a lot of legs there. That's twenty plus years. It's carried a lot. It has a lot of legs. Uh, but yeah, I'm at World B Freer. Uh, yeah, like Bruce said, send us a message, uh, DM, or just post it on Twitter and you know attach the Twitter handle to it. It's one of my favorite segments we do on a, you know, randomly it's, you know, it's uh, viewer questions because it's almost always solid questions. And like Bruce said, there's 30 teams in the league. There's only three of us. We, we love the league, but there's a, there's a lot to cover. So, you know, a lot of fans are fans of specific teams. They want to know specifics. No problem with that at all. Let's, let's hear. I'm, I'm open to learning. I, you know, my family encourages me to read, so I'm, I'm open to, (laughs) to uh, find out whatever I can. Yep. And you guys can find me at Scout Sense on uh, Instagram and at Ross Geiger, which is uh, right here below where my name is for the Twitter. And uh, certainly reach out to me as well. Do not be a stranger. Love interacting with our listeners. And you guys can help make this podcast a better place on a episode to episode basis. So we want to thank you for all your support. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the 48 Minutes podcast on Believe, presented by Bet Online. And again, we will be back next week with the NBA's Coach of the Year in Sacramento Kings, Mike Brown. Until then, take care. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design, the kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.